Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John. We are in chapter 13. We are at the table of the Last Supper, and uh, Jesus has just gotten through washing His disciples' feet. And um, He was saying that His big lesson to Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. You have no part with me. In other words, Jesus says, "You've got. I've got to be able to wash your feet. We need to be washed. We need to have fellowship with Christ. We need to allow Him to wash us so that we can walk in the light clean. Because we get dirty as we walk. Jesus sacrifices Himself once and for all for all our sins, but we still need to depend on Him to keep us clean, to wash us. We're washed by His blood. Which, which um, pays the penalty for our sin. But we go on making mistakes and we continue to be washed by His words, just like water washes the feet. So now we come down to verse uh, 17. He says, if you know these things, He's talking about you ought to wash one another's feet. He's giving them an example. He goes, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. So now he's talking about, uh, he's transitioning from washing one another's feet to the the part where he's telling them that somebody's going to betray him. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. And then in verse 19, he says, I'm telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. In other words, Jesus is still in control. And he's telling them, he goes, look, I know what's going on. And I'm just telling you now so that after these things happen, you'll know that I was in control of everything, that I'm the one I'm talking about. Because things are going to happen, and they're going to look like somebody else is in control. But I'm in control. And he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me 
receives the one who sent me. So in other words, he's saying, whoever sends the one I send, he's first talking about his disciples. But then he's talking about people, as my study Bible says more broadly, it applies to all messengers of Christ in every age who bring the gospel of Christ to others. So he's saying, whoever receives the one I send receives me, receives Christ. Whoever receives me, receiving Christ, receives the one who sent me, receives God himself. So Jesus is making references that he's going to lay down his life. He's going to make references to he's sending them to give life to others, to give his gospel message to others, to believe, to believe in me for eternal life. Because his death on the cross is payment for sin. After saying these things, verse 21, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. So he is really troubled because he knows one is going to betray him. And they're all sitting around the table. And it's interesting, my study Bible points it out and McGee points it out that Judas was so clever and under the radar nobody really suspected that it was him they were all questioning each other the disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke and one of the disciples whom Jesus loved he's talking about John here John's not identifying his own self he's just saying somebody that Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus side so Simon Peter motioned him this is John to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So in other words, since he was just kind of leaning next to Jesus, he could just sort of whisper in his ear, who are you talking about? So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it is he whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. Okay, so he's, he's not going to call him out. He's just going to show. He's just going to show him. So when he dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Now, my study Bible says that's kind of like an act of friendship. Or McGee spoke with that, too. It's kind of like an act of friendship. And so even at, even at this very hour, when he knows what Judas is going to do, he still leaves the door open of friendship. He still leaves the door open. He knows what he's going to do, but he's, he's betraying him, but he's still ready to forgive him. And he just washed his feet. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Now, Satan personally comes in, looks like, to, to Judas. He put something in his heart, but now Satan comes in, and Satan's taken over. This is the hour when Satan's going to try to battle against Jesus once more. And then Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. So, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to uh, kill him, uh, you know, during the Passover feast. So he's saying you better, you know, better do it quickly because Passover's coming. 
Now, no one at the table knew what he said, why he said this to him. Some thought it was because uh, Judas had the money bag, and Judas was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So they're not still sure what he's telling them to do to do quickly. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. Boom. Very stark transition here. It was night. It was nighttime in many ways, because... Being night, it's now the darkness is coming in. It's an ominous note. This is your hour. The power of the darkness is Satan. Jesus is the light, but now it was night. It's dark. This is the hour of darkness. So when he'd gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. So now he's talking about his death on the cross being glorified. Little children, verse 33, yet a, a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I've loved you, you also are to love one another. So he's shown that the, the, the commandment of following Christ is to love one another. Just as he's loved them. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the greatest commandment of all is to love one another. To love God and then to love one another. These are the greatest commandments. We've seen this in the book of First John. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? That's like a, a little child's going to ask, you know, if you're going some way. Uh, McGee said his daughter used to ask him that question when she was a little girl. My daughter, when she was a little girl, used to ask that question. First thing, if you're going somewhere, where are you going? And then the second question would always be, can I come too? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me but you will follow afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So Jesus is telling Peter, he knows his heart. He knows he wants to follow him, but he knows right now he's not mature enough. He's not ready. Jesus is still in control, still teaching Peter. And he's going to tell him that you're going to lose faith. And he's telling him this beforehand to try to help him recover. Haven't we all lost our faith? Haven't we all denied Jesus? How many times are we going to deny him? Jesus says, you know, You will follow me afterwards. You will follow me. But it's going to be on a different time, of course. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. 
Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you here next time. God bless you all. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from John chapter 13, beginning at verse 17, all the way through to verse 38. In our study yesterday, we were talking about the washing of feet. So feet speak of our walk down here on earth, in this world. And our feet must be <clears throat> in the Lord Jesus Christ's hands. As we can't have fellowship with him until our feet get washed by the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must completely yield to him. We need to recognize that we are sinners and we need to be cleansed. So there is not one of us here on earth that can actually go through a day without sin every day we fall short of the glory of god every day we sin in thoughts word and de- words and deeds we sin so not a day goes by and we ought to yield ourselves and we ought to you know look to the lord always so we need to actually go to him in confession and put our feet in his hands in order for him to cleanse us in our pilgrim here on earth So the Lord will not have fellowship with us if we do not acknowledge the fact that we are sinners and we sin every day and we do not put our feet in his hands. So verse 17 reads, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do if you do them. So if you know these things, if you know what being cleansed of your feet is by the Lord Jesus Christ, then blessed are you. So verse 18 of scripture reads, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. So this is a quotation from Psalms 41 verse 9. That's what is being quoted here. And here, the Lord Jesus Christ is referring to Judas Iscariot. And it actually reveals that Judas had no spiritual life whatsoever. So he's not a follower of Christ. And uh, becoming a, of, you know, he's not a follower of, of Christ, becoming unclean, but happens to be, you know, it just actually reveals... <clears throat> He's a sinner. Like the story of the prodigal son and the pigs uh, in the pig pen. Judas Iscariot reveals himself not to be, you know, a son who goes astray. He's a pig that actually returns to his wallowing. So Judas was there in the upper room and got his feet washed as well. But he rejected, he rejected it. He rejected the whole um, picture the whole concept of his feet being washed and he rejected it t- totally so the washing is the word so he rejected the word of God so the blood of Christ is God word you know for those people who say I have been cleansed by the blood of Christ no the, the, the blood of Christ is God word and the water points uh, man word so the blood is for 
the expiation of our sins. And the water is for our moral purification. So the blood cancels out our guilt. You know, that sin. So the blood is for, um, you know, our penal expiation. And the water is for moral purification. So Christ died for our sins in order for that you and me may be saved. So that's what the blood did. And every day we walk through life. We sin, we fall short of the glory of God. So we need the word to actually guide us. We need to be cleansed with the water. Our feet needs to be washed as we walk down here. So the feet, as we said earlier, they represent our walk through life here on earth. Scripture goes on to read verse 19. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. So Judas at this particular point was not present and there is no transfiguration or um, the institution of God, the Lord's Supper in the book, in the Gospel of John. And, you know, reason being God didn't actually want this to be a ceremonial ritual that people actually should just go through and not actually... Um, concentrate on the most important thing and that's his word so you know people would have just made this as like um if you know if john had actually put it in scripture people would have have taken this it's more like splitting hairs people would have taken this as you know the most important thing that was trying to be talked about here and missing the whole point altogether so john's giving us the record of the last discourse Scripture goes into verse 20. Most assuredly, or verily, verily, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. So Judas, like I said, at this particular point, yeah, was not there. So Judas here has totally rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence, he's rejected God as well, because he's rejected the word. He's rejected, um, you know, the word of God. Verse 21 goes on to read, When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Verse 22, Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed, but whom... He spoke, perplexed, sorry, perplexed about whom he spoke. So Judas had been clever throughout here that, you know, not one person amongst the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ believed that he was the one. Verse 23 goes on to read, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. So he would believe it, this disciple was <clears throat> John. Verse 24 goes on to read, Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then, leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? 
Verse 26, Jesus answered, It is to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So here, Judas, here, he stood at the crossroads in his life. And we all do come to the crossroads where we have to make one decision over the other. And most times, it's usually the unpopular decision that we actually have to make, the uncomfortable decisions. So here, Judas reached the crossroads. So decision-making, he, he was at a decision-making point, and this is his last chance. And, you know, the dipped bread is sort of like a toast or a token of friendship. So Christ kept the door open for Judas up to the very last that it wasn't too late for Judas to actually accept him. Jesus Christ knew what Judas would do, but he doesn't mean to force him to do it. So, um, verse 27 goes on to read. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. So Judas made the decision here on his own. We have free will. You know, no one coerces us to make the many choices that we make in our lives. So God, um, he doesn't, um, you know, force um, a man to actually, to hell, or he doesn't send a man to hell, rather, who actually didn't firstly send himself there. So God ratifies human decisions. So he actually seconds the motion. We make our own decisions because we have free will. So if you make a decision to go to hell, God will ratify it. And you would have already sentenced yourself to hell. And this was the case of Judas. He was given like chances to actually save himself and his family. Oh, sorry. Yeah, save himself. Verse 28. Because in truth, but no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. So no one at the table even suspected. And that time, that, um, that's the time Judas was, you know, he was heading out to actually betray um, the Lord Jesus Christ for some pieces of silver. Verse 29 goes on to read. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, he would, um, sorry, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, or that he um, should give something to the poor. So this is... You know, it's Passover season, and obviously the their only um, thoughts were concerning the Passover that um, Judas had probably been sent by the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse um, 30 goes on to read, Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and um, it was night 
So, uh, it was a Passover season, verse 30. So, in the major city again, having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. So, it was actually eternal night for Judas. The lights switched off. And it was the devil's day. And, um, yeah, it was a day of darkness. And the devil's day is darkness for, um, you know, a man. Oh. Anywhere where there's, like, darkness and, or sin. Rather, anywhere where there's sin, there's a lot of darkness. So a lot of light is actually needed. Verse 31 goes on to read. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. God is glorified in him. God will also glorify him in him and glorify him immediately. So we have a new section here now. Um, so the shadow of the cross was actually fallen in that upper room and you know they were afraid so our lord jesus christ attempts to actually lift um um yeah so sorry our lord jesus christ attempts to actually lift these men to the high plains before the material to sorry before the So, um, yeah, so the thing is, um, before the material to the eternal, you know, he, the Lord attempts to actually lift these men, sorry, to a high plane from the material to the eternal, you know, from the secular to the spiritual. That's what he was trying to do after he just had walked away because it's more like we shift to a totally different um, topic. So the Lord Jesus Christ is now moving into the spiritual realm. The Son of Man will be glorified and Christ um, was um, and Christ was glorified in his death and resurrection. Verse 33 goes on to read Little children, um, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will be you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So, um, here, so now, sorry, so now I say to you, so let me read that again. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, um sorry and i said and as i said to the jews where i'm going you cannot come so now i say to you so he's actually now the lord jesus christ is speaking to them like children you know like newborn babes first so that they can actually understand verse 33 34 rather reads 
a new commandment I gave I give you and um so here sorry let me just read again a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another verse 35 by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so this is the commandment he left for us um not just being fundamental in the faith because some people believe if they're you know fundamental in the faith they believe in the uh, deity of um christ the vicarious substitutionary death they believe in all these things the verbal plenary can um then that's it then they can sail through Christianity without even showing love to their brethren, which is just wrong. Verse 36 goes on to read, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, um, Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward so the Lord Jesus Christ treated Simon Peter clearly he treated Simon Peter like a child you know waiting for him to actually grow up spiritually verse 37 goes on to read Peter said to him Lord why can I not follow you I will lay down um, my life for your sake which actually he did Simon Peter you know, when the soldiers came, the, the, the soldiers came to arrest the Lord Jesus Christ, he, um, you know, he chopped off one of the soldiers' ears. So he actually, he seized on the word now, like a child would, Simon. Um, yeah, so he... He treated Simon Peter like a child. And Simon Peter was actually sincere when he said this, like he will lay down his life for him. He meant every word of it. And, you know, that night he got a sword and used it. Um, and they actually used it to fight for the Lord and chopped off um, one of the soldiers is ear and verse 38 reads jesus answered him will you lay down your life for my sake most assuredly i say to you the rooster shall not crow till you have chained um the rooster shall not crow try till you have denied serving me three times goes on to read sorry let me just read it again jesus answered you will lay down your life for me for my sake most assuredly i say to you the rooster shall not crow um till you have denied me um 
three times. So Simon Peter, he had said he would lay down his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, when push comes to shove, people will just... Um, so, yeah, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.